Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by two girls, one goth. How are we feeling today, guys? Honestly, great. You are in a good mood today. I am feeling a little jaunty today because it's, you know, as awful as Mondays are, they follow the weekend. So you still have that buzz going a little. The we weekend are, buzz. We're recording on a Monday, as we usually do. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, well, usually people are feeling really down, but you're feeling very spiteful. I'm trying to carry it over for at least 24 hours following the, the end of the, the freedom. And then the crash comes. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> after this. How are you feeling, Billy? I'm feeling better than normal. <laughs> wow. Yes. Look at that. But are you How setting the bar high? What is normal? Yeah, exactly. That's the problem right like, there. It's all relative, and you're you're not being clear on how normal feels. But normal? I, I am particularly um, happy with the oh, jaunty with the card that I just sent. I found this old Buffalo oh, yeah. Bills card of this guy with an amazing mullet, number fifty nine. That I don't see his name on there, but he's in a crouch position. He looks a lot like Jared. Like he's Bizarro Jared. Is this a? We'll post this on our social media. Is this a? Is the Buffalo Bills? Is this a wrestler? No, it's a, Buffalo Bills is a football team. So he's oh. a professional football player at some point. But the crazy thing is, is that Jared's this guy's a, a a a linebacker, and his legs are super skinny. And Jared's got those legs that thick, like thick could calves. be a linebacker. It's those thick calves. Yeah. You know his body. He was born to be an athlete, but just. God didn't want him to. He's like, pick up that guitar. Pick up that guitar, kid. And you know, no one wants a skinny leg, you know? So this is some good shit. Hey, no. easy. <laughs> you don't have skinny legs either, Billy. I don't know any men with really scary skinny legs compared to their body. Legs for the first 35 years of my life. Okay, well, you need to get past that. Day. You're fine. You know what? It's a, There's a lot of... Trauma, saying yeah, trauma, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Billy's right. so traumatized. So, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. When I would go to Florida and wear jeans because I hated the way I looked in shorts when I was 15. Everyone, mind Billy's trauma. Mind Billy's trauma. Everyone, he's so traumatized. His, you know what? Mind is skinny male, male trauma. body dysmorphia is a thing. Yeah, no, it definitely is. But I mean, welcome to our life. Literally, no one cares about the trauma women feel Ever? constantly, constantly. <laughs> Every commercial's triggering, yet there's nothing to do about it. There's no one to complain about it. Nobody cares. Just we buy all their products. Exist. Push it down. We it's buy all their products industry. with our 75 cents on the dollar <laughs> so, that so, men have. So, 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 by the way, in our group text, <laughs> since we were just talking about the legs of the guy, Jared just texted weak-ass legs, bro. And, of course, I thought that was about me. <laughs> he's listening. Like he he's was like, listening in, but he's not. He's like, yeah, Billy, I agree. Your skinny-ass chicken Your legs. Your skinny-ass legs. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jared, I think, is in, is in a bar in New Orleans. <laughs> Jared's probably blocked out right now, so don't mind what anything <laughs> he's birthday. saying. It's his birthday. Yeah. So, um, wow, Billy, I really love this little aside that we had about your your body. <laughs> Glad that we were here to comfort you through your trauma. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was so comforting. Let me tell you. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, poor Billy. He's not okay. he didn't properly comfort his, tra his yeah. trauma. <sighs> 
that would be a hundred dollars, please, for that mm-hmm. uh, therapy counseling session. Mm, yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. No, I'll, give you the, I'll give you the copay, and that's it. Great. Well, what day is it today, Billy? All right, today is March 31st, and in 1889, the Eiffel Tower is dedicated in Paris. Ooh, yes. Have we all been to the Eiffel Tower? Several times. Yes. yes. I've never been in it. I've only been under I've, it. Under it and near it. But I don't think I really need to go up inside. It doesn't seem like a thing that I would find interesting. No. Yeah, well, you know what? So to honor the uh, centenary of the French Revolution... They planned this international exposition. Out of all of these designs, 100 designs were submitted. Eiffel, who had this open lattice wrought iron tower that would reach almost 1,000 feet above Paris, it was going to be the world's tallest man-made structure. Now, um, a lot of critics thought it was lame. They thought it was an eyesore because Paris has all of these you know, uh, magnificent Beautiful buildings. buildings. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? No, I'm doing it. And he did it. And they were actually going to, uh, they, they were thinking about tearing it down at one point, but then it was saved. And um, it's around that it remains one of the uh, world's premier tourist attractions to this day. It sure does. I love the Eiffel Tower. I mean, I you're, can't imagine Paris without it. Is you're you not have- sure why you love it. You know, you're not like, oh, revel in its beauty. I think it's just... Um, it's been idealized through movies and and things like that where it's sure. like if you visit Paris it's like a must do. Well, European it's like vacation. you're you're going to fall in love under the Eiffel Tower like that will happen to you. It's extremely romanticized and I feel like it just gives everybody like you said like this idealized version of Europe, especially as an American, it's like so romantic because we don't have that landmark structure here that like you you love in this city and there's a big tower. You You mean Hollywood and Highland State Building? (laughs) Oh, there's a beautiful grassy knoll under it that you can like be. You can have a picnic with no Billy. You can't have a picnic with wine under it under the Empire State Building. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't. Or you mentioned grassy knoll, but you can have a picnic with wine at the grassy knoll at Daly Plaza where the Kennedy assassination happened. You could do that. Yeah, that's how... a landmark for romance in the U.S., Billy thinks. <laughs> yeah. Not the, murder. This podcast, conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, we really don't. I mean, we have the Hollywood sign. Mm, <laughs> and that's just mm. a sign for bleakness. Uh, now, in, the, in France, there's two things. They, they also have the lock bridge, where you put your love locks on there. They've got there's many I mean, of those. There's so much romantic stuff in Europe. America is not... Not romantic. It's just it's just industrial, frankly, <laughs> mm. and new. Yeah, mm, I yes. want the ancient right. love, the, well, the kind only the Eiffel Tower can provide. But there's like some ghosts flying around, spooking you, or like putting a spell on you, or something. I want to go saying like, "This is my territory where I fell in love six thousand years ago," and you're intruding. Yes, mm. that's right. Okay. Um, do you have any other things to say about the Eiffel Tower? Or are you done? Uh, we have, but we have more to say. But we're going to talk about it in True Crime Rewind, the Eiffel Tower edition, because there are crimes that are swirling around that giant building, which was once one of, which was for a few decades, the tallest man-made structure in the world. Person-made. Person-made mm, pretty structure. sure there probably weren't any women. Human-made. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. At that time, no. They wouldn't At that let time, women, women uh-huh. do, anything. do anything. They couldn't have a job. Um, sure. So I really like doing Killing Time because you truly do learn something new every single week about the most random shit. So I, right. I love that we do this. Me too. We're going to have some uh, very interesting Eiffel Tower crimes later in the show. But before that, we have got some bitching to do. Wait, no, Billy. We don't. Wait, we've got true crime real, real shit. time. Come on. All right. That's mm. okay. Now, That's okay. listen, I want to talk about murder. Do you know that in 2020, the U.S. murder rate rose by a third, 30% more murders? Yeah. That's the biggest annual increase on record ever, like 100 years since they started doing it. So it, you, so I used to always say in my, like, whenever I would give talks and things, there's 15,000 murders in America, 5,000 go unsolved. That was always it. In 2020, there was 21,570 murders in America. Wow. Do they that have- is, and those are related to early, those are close to early 90s numbers when we really started peaking. And we still don't have the 2021 uh, murder rate yet, but that's going to be estimated as to be even higher. 
So there are more, like we have gone into this space right now where there are so many more murders than there were in the last, uh, since the early 90s, and this gigantic increase that happened in 2020 during the pandemic. And it was weird too, because everybody kept thinking, oh, the pandemic, it's going to uh, increase, uh, it's going to decrease because nobody's around and nobody's outside, but it was actually the opposite. I, I mean, disagree. Go ahead, Jack. No, I was going to say, I just wonder what the um, percentages of domestic violence versus like stranger murders, mm-hmm. because didn't like it was like domestic People, violence rates like rose and skyrocketed during the pandemic too, right? Domestic violence rose. Uh, suicide rates actually went down, um, uh, but uh, overdoses went up. Yeah, like ridiculously amount. Overdoses went up to uh, reached over 100,000, which had never done that before. Yeah, well, I'm not at all surprised because I think if everyone taps into how they've felt in various situations, like there's nothing like fear to drive people to irrationality, whether that's committing domestic violence and, you know, fear and like panic materializes in people in very different ways. Well, if they're more abusive, you know, if they're abusive, they become more abusive. Like they they work out all their anxieties and fears on their punching bags, like when it comes to domestic violence stuff. And then also like desperation, gang act, like everything's going to be exacerbated by this like fear and panic because like our generation and we haven't had a pandemic. We didn't know what was going to happen. It was like very chaotic emotionally for everyone. So I can't I'm not surprised, you know, because people like we had like a mass joint fear all at the same time. Everyone in this country, yeah. you know, like everyone was experiencing it. No one knew how to do self-care about it, like a therapy or whatever, because people some culture, you know, not everybody believes yeah. in that shit. I so mean, it comes probably, out somewhere. Yeah, there's probably like no fucking way that you could have any sense of normalcy coming out of that year. When it comes to anything like rates of probably every single thing in this country and in this world probably went so haywire. So, yeah, I'm not surprised either. It's just. Yeah. And, and, and even with that being said, the murder rate is still 42 percent lower than the suicide rate and 71 percent lower than the overdose rate. Yeah, so overdose, we are in a really the, bad place. But the overdoses right are now. especially bad because people being isolated. You know, I have a friend I went to high school with died over Christmas of last year because he his family suspected he might have COVID and like they asked him to stay home and they found him you know he died in o- of yeah. an overdose um within that time you know just like the solitude and the isolation a lot of people felt and the big hope is here of course that like people are coming out of it now with vaccinations and the evolution of this virus you know and hopefully yeah. it having its death rattle, fingers crossed, right? Um, yeah, there's a lot of isolation and I think people underestimate still. Like a lot of people came out with behavioral issues scared of the virus still. A lot of people still won't leave their houses. Like I think yeah. we mm-hmm. underestimate how people are coping with the nope. aftermath of like the serious, the most serious periods of COVID. Yeah, and you know what? Like one of the things is that you know, one of my mentors, I was going to take him to an Islanders game, uh, and on tonight actually, um, and he was just like, I'm not going to any big groups now, you know, because he's a little bit older, that kind of thing. So it's like, I totally get it. Yeah. But like this, you know, the, the, the overdose rate was growing and growing and, and even before this, and it really now is, it's almost, there's overdose and there's also poisoning because so many of the overdoses are being uh, laid on on fentanyl and these kids are buying you know fake drugs on the street and things like that and they're just laced with fentanyl yeah. they got a bigger they got a kick and it's a cheaper kick so it's fucking terrifying we're in we're in, we're in some real trouble here i'm sorry yeah. yeah yeah it's very sad so to bring everybody down but yeah womp womp he did it again he brought us down he when he promised he wouldn't but he is the gonna... goth <laughs> that's his job we're you too spe- peppy for his liking. You specifically <laughs> said that you were going to do some less. I specifically dark. said, and I was thinking, oh, these are just numbers. And then when it comes down to it, it's not. Billy, this is like I'm one of the sorry. most depressing ones you've done. Okay, anyways, I'm sorry. We're going to bring it back up when we come back. We've got some vision to do. Please rise. Court is now in session. All rise. Call the first witness. How do you plead guilty or not guilty? 
Okay, welcome to On the Stand every week. We bring a person, place, thing, idea to the stand, and we are either prosecuting it or defending it, have a little conversation, vote if it's guilty or not guilty, and then uh, bring it to Instagram and see how everybody feels. So would anybody like to go first, or should I go? I will go first. Oh, yes. Love this. Yes. I have a topic that is related to the news. Okay. Now, Joe Biden just announced- Good news or bad news? Joe Biden, good news. Joe Biden okay. just announced that he's forgiving $6.1 billion in student debt. Mm. Now, I've been hearing a little bit of rumbling from the people that are Gen Xers and baby boomers that are just like, our student debt didn't get you know forgiven, and I had to pay it off for 10 years or 20 years or whatever like that. So I do want to put this on the stand, forgiveness of student debt. Oh, Okay. So are you what what is your take, though? Are you putting on the stand that he shouldn't do it at all or he should do it for all? He should do it. Honestly, I think people that are coming out of we have screwed up the system so much that the haves and the have nots and just ruining the unions and everything. It is so screwed up that, you know, kids coming out of school with four year degrees and they have to go get a job and an apartment and need a car, and then they're saddled with $400 a month. It's I mean, it's it's bad. I it mean, really is. It's it's setting everybody up to fail and yeah. setting everybody every up to be struggling. I had to pay my student loans off. I am more than happy that everybody else doesn't pay their student, student loans off. Let's freaking do it because, listen, we need to change the, you know, the money should be coming from, you know, the, the top 5% earners in America, bottom line, but, you know, who knows where the money's gonna come 5%. from. But yeah, I'm all for this. I mean, it is true. It's just the whole, so many colleges and being in student debt, like it is setting you up for complete failure. Like you are fucked by the time you are like 21 years old. And it's not fair to anybody, but it's like, where do you start? Like, I guess you have to start somewhere. How much money would it cost to erase everybody in this country's student debt? Well, I'm not sure of that. But here's the thing. It's like student loans back in their heyday were so predatory in that the interest rates are adjustable. They compound. Like, it's the most predatory type of loan. It's not like a regular loan where you get a fixed rate. You know, and there are various kinds of loans, but I just know that I have people in my life that have been paying them off until their 50s, until their 60s, when they went to college at 18 to 22. And I just think, like, to cancel all the loans at face value, meaning the money that they borrowed, right, would be easy, but the the institutions will try to get their interests and try to get mm-hmm. their other shit, you know. But all that yeah. should be canceled because that's fucking bogus profit. Yeah. It's predatory and it's unnecessary because these institutions have s- fucking billions at their disposal anyway. So I agree with Billy because it's like you have to cancel it for everybody. There are people in their 40s and their 50s still struggling to pay this shit down when they're contributing to society in a really positive way. We're talking like doctors and lawyers who just can't pay off their debt, who don't deserve it. So please cancel all of it. I have no student loan debt. I am lucky. And I went to a, you know, whatever school. So it wasn't expensive. <laughs> but people I know who are smart and work really hard are struggling with this. And it's those loans yeah. are so predatory and destructive for everyone. Yeah. Agreed. Mm, guilty. Right. guilty? So, I don't remember. Like, no, not f- guilty. Well, oh. well, actually, you know what, Biden, you know, the U.S. government is guilty of not going going further. But Biden's trying. Come on, Biden. We gotta, believe in you. Got to start somewhere, I guess. I mean, we want this for you. <laughs> You're our president. <laughs> do, do it. You can do, do it. Do something. Uh, Lex, you want to go or you want me to go? Um... You you can go. <laughs> oh, oh okay. I mean, I have one ready this time. You, you go ahead. I'll go. I'll go. Okay, everyone. So I feel like I have something that everyone can relate to. Mm. It's this idea of creating a third lane when you're driving. Mm. For example, mm. I was driving home today and I texted this group chat, in fact, and said, guys, it's going to be later. There's a lot of traffic. It's bonkers. I think that was the exact phrase I used. Yes. And I was sitting on in traffic on Barham, which is a busy mm-hmm. street here in Burbank to Hollywood. It's like how you get from one to the other. And like inching along respectively, there's a road closure. And then all of a sudden on the shoulder, that's kind of maybe a lane, but like this red <laughs> Prius was like darted ahead of me all the way to the light. I'd say about two, 300 feet. I was like, I've been mm. waiting for quite a long time. 
Mm. And then there's a few reasons why this isn't okay. First of all, it's fucking rude. Wait your turn. Second of all, I was thrown into a, an, a rage, a rage <laughs> that could not be contained. So I start acting like a fucker, like, cause I'm like, this person's not going to get one on me. Like, I'm no fool. I'm no sucker. Like, what is this? So I start like weaving in and out. I just need to be ahead of them. I need to be ahead of them. But you're not going into the third lane. You're only, you're doing it into your allotted lanes. I'm doing it by the rules. Cause eventually (laughs) the third lane went away and we had to merge into two lanes and it eventually went into one. And then when I looked at my rear view mirror, I'm like, oh, she's so far behind me, that bitch. But it created this, this tension that didn't need to exist. I was having a nice day. Uh. I was productive. And then this person tried to take from me, which is invaluable, which is time. And like, I can't stand for that. The type of person that uses a third lane is the type of person that does not give a shit. Like they think that their time is more valuable than everybody else's time. There's somebody that's going to show up late and not tell you and make you wait for a half an hour. Like they're the fucking biggest asshole type of a person that think they're above everybody else's rules when you're talking about a third lane i'm guessing because i mean that was an interesting scenario because that was a that that is the lane that is supposed to have only a right turn into universal um but that person used it to go into uh, to stay on barm and go in front of somebody are you talking about being on a shoulder though like being on a shoulder and cutting people I'm off. I'm talking about this very specific scenario that third lane starts yeah. like in front of smoke the smokehouse restaurant and it's yeah. like someone rides the lane and then cuts everyone off who's been waiting patiently it's just it's just a pinnacle of entitlement and um i mean mug this chick and also but but it's like you if you're the person that's using the third lane or whatever you don't want to start uh inciting this aggression with your common driver because you don't know who is going to end up having terrible road rage and who will somehow have a weapon in their car. And I'm telling you, people... shit escalates. That's right. And people like me who worked all day and have to come home and record, and you know me, I like... I um irrationally i'm like i have to be home by six i ha- like i have to be there i can't be late you know and it's so hard for me to be like hey guys we have to start at 6 30 instead it's because ho- i feel disappointing so it's hard oh so God. i'm just like under the gun white knuckling my my <laughs> steering wheel as this lady is like pulling ahead of me and i was like this can't be real because that's not how life's supposed to work you're supposed to no. fucking wait your turn and this is why people shouldn't do it because people like psychos like me are in front of you who don't respond well to it. And I'm yeah. measured. I'm not going to hurt anyone. But there are people who do. There are people who do. So okay, think. so guilty. Think <laughs> before you go in that third lane. Somebody listening to this Everybody podcast that does it. say guilty. Guilty or else. Guilty. Okay. Thanks, guys. Um, to the stand I feel today. heard. I feel heard, yeah. by the way. No, that I was a good one. I needed that. Was that. A good one. that was a good one. And I, I, yeah, I can't believe people do it. Okay. Rude. <clears throat> On the stand uh, today, I am putting Avril Lavigne on the stand. What? I am defending okay. this gal to the grave. Avril Lavigne was super popular when we were maybe what? Like 13, 14 years old when we were in middle school. She was like the the Converse cool, and punky chick. And- 26, okay, but yeah. And then whatever. And then she kind of like went away for a while. Like she was, she was sort of around. She was dating some other like Canadian celebrities and then she sort of disappeared. And then she made a resurgence in the last like year or so. And she's the exact same person. God, she looks the same. She She looks looks incredible. She's gorgeous. Never better. And she's always had this amazing look like pale, strawberry blonde, like intense size, beautiful. I've always loved her. I just love it. She has not changed a single thing about herself. She still wears the same fucking clothes she did when she was younger. She's making the same kind of music. Like that girl is so genuine to her core who she is. And I love it so much because you see all these artists out there that are trying to change with the times or trying to like, you know, make themselves more palatable and like adaptable to a bigger audience. And she's Mm -hmm. just been herself this entire time. And I commend that so much. And I fucking love it. I will say this, Avril Lavigne, I think she's amazing. I think Girlfriend is one of those one of those songs that gets even better with the video. Mm. I think that I think that song is amazing, but the video even makes it even better. And she's got great tunes. You know, she was tunes. She went out with uh I mean she was married to the guy from Nickelback. From, 
Nickelback and also from Sum 41. Mm-hmm. But I now she's dating her. my friend. And she also dated Brody Jenner. I'm like, she dabbles in all these different groups. And I, I think I love her. She's so, um, she translates in every group. Everyone's interested. Because like Brody Jenner seems such like an LA bro, like. A douche, yeah. Right. Like, but he's like, ah, bro, like, that's my shit. Whatever it is. Oh my God, necessarily he, align he with was, my Malibu vibe. Yeah. But he was probably thought he was so cool dating edgy, her. Edgy, so edgy. Yeah. He probably like, thought I'm he was going to be her muse. Oh my God. He maybe no, he was. Like but that's okay. We all, you think people come and go. Good for you, um, Avril. Dip your I toe do. fingers in all those pools. Yeah. Um, no, she's dating like a a friend of mine that I used to tour with. And I know a couple people that either work with her or have worked with her. And they all say that she is the nicest person in the entire world. Like she's so sweet. She's so good to her crew. So on top of her outwardly seeming like such a cool ass chick, apparently she's really cool behind closed doors too. So I just love her. And I think that, I mean, it's so cool to kind of stay so true to yourself for like two decades. And I love that. Yeah. Not change at I think, all. I think it's great. That's refreshing to hear it. someone you like have watched over the years be a good person. Because I was like devastated to hear that Ellen DeGeneres was like a piece <laughs> of shit to everybody. <laughs> but like, it's so nice to hear that Avril isn't. Like, she's what you think. Yeah. Like a cool exactly. chick yeah. at are, the skater are, park. So is she guilty of being awesome? Or is she not? Like, what are we talking about? I'm putting here? Avril on the stand. Not guilty. Just defending okay, not guilty. her. Okay. Not guilty. Yes. Not Lover. guilty. Promote her to judge. i love it all right well when we come back it is time for some true crime rewind when i was growing up i took french in high school but i could never get the language to stick i wanted to be fluent so bad but it never happened i just couldn't focus and i couldn't practice enough and it didn't work but thankfully there's rosetta stone which is the most trusted language learning program and it's available on desktop or it can be used as an app on your phone or tablet Rosetta Stone is different. It immerses you in so many ways. And with its intuitive process, you can pick up any language naturally. First with words, then phrases, and then sentences. And before you know it, boom, conversations. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the first degree listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com first. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com first today. Okay, so it comes as no surprise that I have absolutely no idea how to cook. I don't want to learn how to cook. It's not really my thing. But when I tried Factor meals, it was a freaking game changer. So Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So the first time I tried Factor meals, I was actually blown away because I'm like, that's it. That That's all it is. Two minutes and the meals are so delicious. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, ooh, fancy, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Like I said, they're so easy to prepare. I love them. So head to factormeals.com slash degree 50 and use code degree 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code degree50 at factorymeals.com slash degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. It's almost summer and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on therealreal.com. The Real Real is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. True crime. 
Yeah, it's rewind time. Hello, everyone. Welcome to True Crime Rewind, the Eiffel Tower edition. Now, mm. the Eiffel Tower is one of the most famous structures in the world. And because of that, it attracts tourists. And that means it attracts crime. Now, whenever you have people staring up at a tower, staring up at something, pickpockets are going to happen. Now, this happens if people, it happens in Vegas uh, at the fake Eiffel Tower uh, or the pirate show or whatever. It happens at concerts. Pickpockets, that's a thing. Now, the now typically there are, sometimes they might work in teams, but there was a pickpocket ring in 2015 that was really, really, really put together. They were stealing uh, $4,400 a day from tourists visiting the Eiffel Tower and Versailles. So this is what they did. They dressed as tourists, they stayed in luxury hotels, and they bought tickets to the attraction. So they looked like regular tourists. And they would go behind people and they would take their stuff while they were looking at the great art or the great you know, uh, the tower and everything. It actually got so bad that the workers of the Eiffel Tower went on strike and the tower closed because they were just like, like the police got to do something about these thefts. So eventually the cops went uh, undercover and were able to, uh, you know, break up this ring of pickpockets. But you know what? It's still happening to this day. Oh, yeah. You're never going to stop pickpockets. It's always going to be there. But this particular ring was was shut down. I think it's the biggest warning you get when you travel to Europe is like, watch out for pickpockets. You better put your passport in your bra. You better get one of those little <laughs> oh body cross body cross pouches that mm -hmm. this like and people I'm sure say the same thing about coming to Hollywood. It's like, oh, Hollywood and Highland pickpockets like any attraction there are. Yeah, right. There are just as much here as there are there. I will say though, what I can appreciate a pick about a pickpocket, I wish they'd channel their like talents elsewhere. The sleight of hand is truly yes. something else, because yes. I've heard stories. Um, my little sister's best friend had like a Chanel bag stolen while she was like, I bent over to like pick something up while it was on my table where she was eating somewhere, and it it just was gone. They they went to pay the check and it was gone. And it's like oh no one's been here. There's a sleight of hand sort of talent that's pretty incredible. But you should do good with that. Like Houdini did in our last episode last in killing time. <laughs> I know. Honestly, when Billy was like telling the story, I was really imagining Houdini and I'm like, pickpocketers are magicians. That's right. And they right. should they should all hone their craft, get a deck of cards, maybe try to go get a job at the magic castle because you could make Probably over forty four hundred dollars being a fucking a fantastic day. magician. People love day. people a love. good magician. David Blaine's making more than forty four hundred dollars right, a David, day. Yeah, David Blaine and David Copperfield. But you also Here's, don't know how much they're making in tips when if they're doing street magic. Probably a fuck ton of money. Here's what I propose: do tricks and the cheap motherfuckers pickpocket them, mm, but don't pickpocket the honest people. <laughs> like I'm saying, yeah. if you're going to pickpocket pocket random innocent people well i think a step up would be be selective do the the i don't want you to pickpocket anyone but if Maybe. you're gonna do the cheap ones if you're gonna try don't do the people who are generous or like maybe there's some kind of a business where we can figure out like who like if somebody got cheated on or was wronged then we find out where they are and then they get pickpocketed we do like, like the ultimate do <laughs> We do like Ryan's roses. And if someone's a yes. cheater, you go hang out in front of their house and pickpocket them and be like, sir, this mail was delivered to my house and it's yours. And when they take it from you, you just slide a hand, fucking take their cufflinks, whatever the fuck they've got. Yeah. I like it. Right, Billy? Okay. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> Is this the commentary you're looking for? It was exactly, yes. All right. So we're going to move on now from the pickpockets. There was actually a guy, you know, you know, we've entered the era of scams and true crime programming. You've got the Tinder swindler. You got, you know, we had the fire festival before we got Anna, Anna Delvey, who's now close to a million Instagram followers, by the way. Good bad, and bad vegan. Have you guys seen that new bad vegan? No, how is it? It's fucking crazy. Is it good? Yeah, it's really good. Oh my God. I can't wait to watch it. I'll watch it. Tonight. All right. So, but none of them have anything on this guy, Vis Victor Lustig who was, at one point, he was considered the most famous con man in the world, and he actually sold the Eiffel Tower twice. 
This is such a crazy story. So here's what he did. So he's staying in Paris and he reads the newspaper and he's seeing that there's problems maintaining the Eiffel Tower. And that gives him an inspiration. What about this con? So so the story is saying the structure is getting really expensive to maintain. And then there was like a little sort of thing at the bottom. It said like they might tear it down. They weren't really going to tear it down. It was like they might tear it down. So he said, this sounds good. This is what I'm going to do. He drew up some fake documents to say he was the Ministry of Posts and Telegraphs. And then he has a meeting with a bunch of scrap metal dealers at a really nice hotel. And he looks at each of these guys. And most thought, you know, he gives them the proposition. Who wants this contract to take the scrap metal from the Eiffel Tower? Which sounds crazy, right? They were, nobody wanted to, you know, nobody was, was buying it. But he saw one guy who was his mark. And his name was Andre Poisson. He was, he looked insecure. He really wanted to be successful in business. He wanted to rise up in the ranks. So he pulls Poisson aside and has a private meeting with him. And he says, listen, I'm just looking for a kickback. I'm corrupt. If I get the kickback, the building is yours. You can have all of the scrap metal. You just need to give me 70,000 francs. And then the guy gives him the 70,000 francs and Lustig goes. So he's $70,000 richer. And the guy's like, wait a minute, this is my building. When are we going to start taking it down? And like, what are you doing? I don't know if he ever got there with workers or anything, but that's what happened. So then he's too ashamed to tell the police. So Lustig is in Austria looking at the newspaper every day to see if the story comes out and yeah. the guy doesn't talk about it. So then he goes back to Paris and does the same, the same job. This time the police found out and he fled to where else? The U.S. Mm, all the criminals live here. All the criminals come here. <laughs> Lex, what did you say that the U.S. dollar was? It was like 75,000. Um, at the time, uh, 70,000 francs would have been 74,818. There was a conversion rate that was very similar oh, back then. Well, well, now. That's the conversion that, rate. Now, that's now. What, what, so what is $75,000 back in like 1920? Uh, $1.2 million. That's there a you go. fuck ton of money. He must have been this rich so- <laughs> to not like call the cops. Yeah, well, and this he was, was- <laughs> imagine that your embarrassment is that high that you... It's worth $1.2 million. Super common. Yeah. Super common. Yeah. No, not even kidding. Like most scammers, like the elderly are scammed a lot and they're too proud to say anything oh, because God. like That's they awful. don't want to seem incompetent or because like the yeah. second they say something like that, people start taking their their autonomy away. Right. Um, but it's super like people who are scammed out of money and romantic scams on like Tinder or Instagram. Everyone's too embarrassed to admit it. Like everyone's yeah. heart's broken mm-hmm. and they're like... Everyone's supposed to be too smart for scams, but I'm telling you, like, they penetrate just like cults do to smart people. Yeah. That's so true. They're good at it. They're psychological, like, fucking masters. Yep. All right. So one other thing, it's actually illegal to take pictures of the Eiffel Tower at night. This is based on French copyright law. It's, uh, you're, you're, so if you were shooting a movie or if you were shooting a ad or anything that you would potentially use in a commercial setting, and you had the Eiffel Tower at night in front of you, behind you, and you published that, that's illegal. You would have had to have paid the Eiffel Tower for that money. And this is the reason why. Now, the copyright in the European Union, copyright law holds for 70 years after the creator has passed away. Now, Eiffel died in 1923, so that's fine. But they started doing uh, these lights in 1985, if you ever see the lights of the Eiffel Tower, yeah. by a guy named Pierre Boudot. So anytime that somebody takes a picture of that and then uses it for something other than you know your personal use, that's a violation of copyright law. Mm. But that stands in the U.S. too. You can't film a mural. You can't film any sculpture, really. Yep. Because it's considered art. Well, it's somebody's art. So you have to like find them and ask them to sign a release and pay them. It's a whole fucking to do. And I guess it, but I think to a certain point though, it should be like, it's a historic, Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's so universally known. I feel like they, I feel like most lawyers would be like, I think you're good. I mean, Alexis, it's it's risk management. Alexis and I know this from, from doing TV, like we'll sit down and like, while we're setting up a shot in a room, if that room has any type of art that is not, you know, completely, completely generic, it's got to go. 
That's why you never see a, 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 a classic photograph or anything like that behind somebody when they're to give oh, yeah. an interview. Yeah. I, I was going to say, speaking of art, I just had to sign a release for my own art. For you did? Summer House, the Ooh. TV show on Bravo. What do you the, mean your own art? The art of my elder emo t-shirt. Oh my God, I love <laughs> that. Did someone wear That's it? That's awesome. Yeah, it's one of the cast Dude, members was you better it. restock. I know. Better restock yes. fast and quick. Can you restock the tie-dye ones with the rest in black? Um, no, but I'm having new tie-dye ones come out. What color scheme? Um, we'll talk about this later. No, everyone <laughs> wants, inquiring minds want to know. Everyone's listening. We're talking Avril Lavigne. We're talking Elder e Emos. Share the, <laughs> tease the goods. Well, out of the tie, I'm having a new collection. There's going to be like six things, but there's going to be like a muted rainbow tie-dye and then like a cloud tie-dye. Ooh, like cloud tie-dye has my fucking name on it. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. But back to like the Summer House thing, I'm like, which one of them is emo? I don't know if you watched Summer House, but I didn't think any of them were emo. Mm. So it'll be interesting to find out. Probably all of them. I love this. That's great. Yeah, I guess you never know. But anyways, uh, yeah. Art. All right. There you go, girl. I have, one more <laughs> I have one more thing about the Eiffel Tower. One person died during the construction of the Eiffel Tower. So they were building the tallest building on the planet. One person died. That's actually shockingly right? small. The next tallest building, the next one that they put up that was the tallest building was the Chrysler Building in New York. No one died during that construction. Then what beat that was the Empire State Building. That was five deaths. Then the World Trade Center building that, which was the next tallest building, was 60 deaths. Six. Sears Tower was five deaths. But here's the, the, the thing. I knew that there were a lot of deaths, but I didn't realize it was this much. The stadiums and infrastructure for the Qatar World Cup, which oh, is yeah. coming out this year. It's going to be like in November of this year. 6,750 deaths of building these stadiums in, you know, in modern day. It's fucking insane. Insane crazy so before we move on i have a secret <laughs> i have a tattoo of the coordinates of the eiffel tower mm, yes you do on my body yep. and i don't know how this doesn't come up sooner in the eiffel tower killing time but here we are um i have that and maybe we'll post a photo do yes. you want to do you want to tell the world what it means <laughs> no <laughs> i don't Okay. What it means is that me and all my siblings and cousins were there at the same time and we all got it. Yes. Mm, that was not great. That is what that it means. She, it means that she appreciates the Eiffel Tower and its beauty. Okay? I love the Eiffel Tower. There Eiffel Tower love. All right. But we're going to hear from the things that you have done that are really, really bad. It might be a tattoo that you regret. I don't regret those shit. I, did I say it was you? <laughs> I I'm feel not, like you're projecting some shit. I was on not me. projecting tattoos, anything on me. Tattoos, I think Mickey you are, over here. I think. I think. Meanwhile, <laughs> you are projecting on me. No, I think you the hate worst, your tattoos. The, I love my tattoos. Every damn one of them. Uh, the tiger on my back. Any. It's all about it. Jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's coming up next. Your bad things. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I was shocked, you know? They were always such a good team. So successful. But to do something like that? To exceed their budget? While being over budget might not be a crime, it can disrupt workflows. With Monday.com, you and the team can be sure that you're all in sync. All the data, latest updates, files, and budgets are visible to everyone, so you won't miss a thing. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, Naughtykins listeners. <laughs> you ready to rage? Because I am. Let's indulge in your naughty things because I don't have the capacity to think about mine at the moment. So thank you for the welcome distraction. Here we go to the races. Hey, Lex, Jack, and Billy. Longtime fan, first time caller. Um, so I am here to tell you about the worst thing that I've ever done. Um, when I was in high school, 
I was dating my first, like, real boyfriend, and we were together for about a year. I was, like, super in love with him for, you know, the capacity that you can love someone at that age. And, you know, like, typical high school relationship, lost my virginity to him, all that fun stuff. <laughs> and, um, we were kind of going through a rough patch over the summer one year, and I'd gone to a family wedding and was crying to my cousin about how heartbroken I was because I thought we were, like, going to break up. And she was being so supportive of me at this point in time. And then we get back to school. We do, my boyfriend and I do eventually break up. And then my same cousin, who I had been crying to over the summer, ends up sleeping with him. So needless to say, she and I don't talk. This kind of caused a bit of a rift with our family, you know, family drama, fun stuff. So... This is an important piece of information now. My now ex-boyfriend's cousin, who was a girl, was a lesbian and had also, like, kind of had a thing for me a little bit while I was dating her cousin. So a couple years in the future now, we're, like, older adults, and I'm dating one of my other friends from high school at this point. We've been together for, like, two years now, um, and my ex-boyfriend's cousin approaches me and says that she is questioning if she's a lesbian or if she's bi because she's finding guys attractive physically now and wanted to know if I would be okay if she slept with my boyfriend. Um, and then also invited me in. So my boyfriend and I end up having a threesome with my ex-boyfriend's cousin. And it's like the best thing ever because we all can't stand my ex-boyfriend. So... At this time, we're in college now, and my other really good friend from high school, who happens to be my now boyfriend's best friend, is roommates with my ex-boyfriend. So we are all at their apartment drinking one night, and a game of Never Have I Ever gets a little bit out of hand, and my friend that is my ex-boyfriend's roommate knows about what happened between my current boyfriend, myself, and my ex-boyfriend's cousin. We're sitting there, and he has always been, like, a bit of a shit star. So he looks directly at me and my boyfriend and then looks at my ex-boyfriend, who is being a super weirdo and sitting there, like, throwing a pocket knife at the floor, and goes, never have I ever slept with ex-boyfriend's cousin. So... Obviously, ex-boyfriend is sitting there throwing a knife at the floor, being a weirdo, and me and current boyfriend are sitting on the couch like, oh, my God, we know this kid has anger issues. What if he goes off and tries to stab us? So we just, like, very slowly and, like, covertly try to put a finger down so that he doesn't see. And he just looks up around the whole room, stops throwing the knife and is holding it in his hand and goes, who fucked my cousin? And me and my current boyfriend are just sitting there staring back at him with, like, deadpan faces, trying not to laugh. And he's looking around at everyone's hands. And Shifter, friend that is his roommate, just starts laughing his ass off when ex-boyfriend's eyes finally land on my hand and current boyfriend's hand. And he realizes that it wasn't just my boyfriend that fucked his cousin, but it was also me. So, I don't really think it's the worst thing I've ever done in terms of, like, how I felt about it. Because let me tell you what, revenge is sweet. And I felt great being able to sit there and let him know that what he did to me came back on him. But, like, you know, as a full-grown adult now, in retrospect, was probably a bit messed up. But... I still don't care. It felt great. Thanks, guys. Okay. So I want to have two parts to my feedback. I first want to break down just in case anyone the got story. lost. <laughs> please, yeah. please do. So, so our caller had a boyfriend, and he was a dick. And they broke up, and she started dating someone else. They were all friends from high school. Um, she started dating someone else, and the ex-boyfriend's cousin, who's a lesbian, wanted to have a threesome to make sure she was really a lesbian unclear about what happened with that yeah so ex-girlfriend sleeps with a cousin and her boyfriend her new boyfriend sleeps with the cousin 
Then they all remain sort of friends, and she ends up with her new boyfriend in the dorm room of her ex-boyfriend. And they're playing Never Have I Ever. And to fuck with them, a friend who knew what was up said, Never Have I Ever Fucked My Ex's Cousin. Or fucked so-and-so, probably said the name, because the, the new boyfriend lowered his finger, too. Um, and then suddenly the ex, it all came together. But apparently it was a dick. But all that to say, I love many aspects of this story. Um, first of all, your openness, this threesome, it sounds very, like, mature. Yeah. I love how she was like, she was like, yeah, so she asked my boyfriend, or yeah. she wanted to hook up with my boyfriend, and then she asked me if I she wanted said to, I could join. to come I'm along. Like, but I'm like, it's your like, boyfriend. Thanks, thanks for the permission. No, but like, I love, I love this like evolved shit that I don't think I've ever been a part of. I've never been in a conversation like this because I might have welcomed it, but I think it's too late for any of this for me. Yeah. But I'm so jealous of your like openness. You're like, you can fuck my boyfriend and I might fuck you too. Like, what a dream like for all of you to get along in such a way you know yeah, so i want that can only happen when you're young that can only happen when the stakes are good and low yes <laughs> and you're not it's the not future a... isn't like hovering over you in fear you know you're just sort of like call i'm in a dorm i should sleep with anyone who wants to because one day i won't be able to and you're you're right you should yeah so i love this and you know what your ex throwing a little tiny baby knife at the floor. He doesn't, he sounds like he needs a swift kick in the ass. And you didn't hurt him directly. You did something for his cousin. She asked. You didn't seek out to hurt him. So if it did hurt, that fucking sucks. But you didn't facilitate it. And uh, it's certainly not your fault. No, nothing you did was actually directly to like fuck with him. You just happened to have a sexual rendezvous with yeah. his cousin. And I bet you if you knew it was, I, you know, unclear whether like he is a male cousin, maybe that would have aroused more anger. He might have been less mad or more mad about the female cousin, depending on what kind of person he is. Either way, fuck him. You if did you wanted, what you did. If you wanted to do something fucked up, you'd fuck his best friend. Yeah. You and know, you didn't do that. You didn't do that. And you weren't together. Like there was no cheating. Like no. I feel like way worse things could have happened. Absolutely. And but I think you're a good person for caring and for being there for your uh, lesbian ex-boyfriend's cousin slash yeah. friend. Because she needed to clarity. Yeah. And yeah. I hope to know whether good, she got it. Good for you. Mm. On to the next. Hi, Alexis, Jack, and Billy in the Firstie world. My name's Tara. I'm a new Firstie, a fairly new Firstie. I've been listening for a couple months now. My friend Ellie gives the best podcast recommendations. I love you, Ellie. Anyway, I wanted to tell you about the worst thing that I've ever done. Um, when I was in high school, I had dated a guy for about nine months. And, of course, in high school, that seems like a lifetime. But anyway, he dumped me and was trying to hit on my good friend that I had become really close with. She was a Norwegian exchange student from Norway, and we're still great friends to this day. She was in my wedding. Um, anyway, so he just, you know, kind of wanted to dip his toes into all the different pools. So, anyway. Um, there's kind of some layers to this story. Uh, basically my friends and I, three friends and I, three girlfriends and I decided that we wanted to get him back. So we, um, one of my friends was dating an older guy, um, and he had a porn collection and we asked if we could borrow a couple of the magazines and asked if we could you know, tear some pages out, and he was okay with it. So uh, me and these three friends cut up some pictures of um, some naked ladies and made a collage, and we decided to trespass on his property and tape them to his tire swing in his lawn. And we thought it was a pretty funny, innocent joke and we were just kind of hoping that he would be the one to find it first and we heard him talking to our friends the next day we had a pretty small school we went to a Lutheran school and so he was talking to his friends about how his little brother who was about seven at the time was the one who found it and so that's the part of the story that we feel pretty bad about but we still thought it was pretty funny and 
I guess I should tell you, too, the group of friends that we did it with. It was my good friend who was dating an older guy. And then, like, the sticky, sweetest girl of our high school, valedictorian, perfect angel. We talked her into doing it somehow and love her. Oh, and my Norwegian friend, she was living with that girl. So, like, we were all friends, but, like, I can't believe, I still can't believe we tied her into that mess. Anyway, here's my favorite part of the story. Um, on the very last few weeks of high school, we, the seniors had to write poems to share with the class just about, like, high school, what we've learned, blah, blah, blah. Um, they were no Costanza Stanzas, that's for sure. Alexis, you nail those every single week. Um, but anyway, I wish I still had the poem, but basically I had confessed to doing this, and he was in my English lit class, and thank God our teacher was like, very liberal for teaching at a small Lutheran school, and she, I knew that I wouldn't probably get in a ton of trouble for telling what we did. So we, I basically read the poem aloud, and I'll never forget the look on his face when I finally admitted to being the one that did it, and it was like kind of the final fuck you, even though he's a good person, and I, I don't know. I don't feel bad because it was harmless, but I do feel bad that um, his seven-year-old brother was the one that found it. But he's an adult now, and he he's doing fine. I don't think we scarred him too bad. Um, thank you for doing the podcast. It's amazing. I hope you do it forever. Bye-bye. Okay. You've hit all the major things. You admitted to what you did to his face in school. His brother's fine, and I promise a seven-year-old has already seen a vagina or two, like, by accident. <laughs> so it's not like a picture of one's going to really traumatize him that bad. And you know what? Like, I think this is funny. I did crazy shit when I was that age. As long as it doesn't cross the line, you're not, like, exploiting someone's pain or oppressing someone. I think this is normal childhood shit, and you seem like a great person who owned up to it to the person's face – yeah. And the brother's doing just fine. Like, yeah. no harm no. done. It, it, you know, owning up to it in poetry form is poetic in and of itself. You know what I mean? Just oh doing, doing that in front of a, a class like that. And then second, yeah, at seven years old, that kid was was pretty excited to find that. I I mean, the whole vision of her doing the admission in the poetry class, like, it reminds me of, like, a 10 Things I Hate oh About God, You Oh, my God, I was just going to say that when you said that. <laughs> Oh my it's god! Like, we are it's so <laughs> like early two thousands rom com <laughs> moments. Like cruel so intentions these... melodrama, like written in the journal. Like it's just the melodrama yeah. of youth that we don't see anymore. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I mm-hmm. it, it was a very well rounded story, and you're not a bad person. And I love that you're just like it's a final fuck you. He's actually a nice person though. Yeah, but I want to say even more so the fact that porn. You felt bad because you posted naked women on it. Like, the the human body should not be, you know, uh, perceived as weaponized. Like, if they went out there, this family and this little seven-year-old, and was like, this is an insult. A human body, naked. Like, naked bodies aren't supposed to be this, like, taboo thing. Um, and who cares? They should tits all over Europe. No one gives a shit. <laughs> And in fact, we could stand a few more tits here in America. More I feel like tits everyone on the would be so things. chill. Everyone would just mellow out a lot. And tits dicks. Out. And I do appreciate we've been seeing a lot more dicks like on HBO. Mm. It used to just be women that you would see. Not anymore. Mm. Tits out, baby. I mean, genitalia for everyone. Like let's not like let's not make it such a big thing anymore. Then next time. If you put like a penis or a vagina on a tire swing of an, a scorned lover, you're like, they're like neutral. They go out and they're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. like, like a flyer, like, you know, one of those cleaning flyers blew over onto the lawn of that person. They're just neutral about it. They're like, oh, another, another one of these. No big deal. Yet another. Yet another. Love it. All right. Well, God, that, felt, that was good stuff. That was good stuff. Um, there's only one thing left for you to do. Wow. Okay. I've been excited about this for a while. Okay. This poem is called Pickpocket Costanza. Ooh. Stealing abundance from the pockets of life. I'm Pickpocket Costanza, 
I'll take your wallet and your wife. Ooh. I don't break in or burgle. I'm never armed with a knife. Because these two little hands will cause plenty of strife. <laughs> a pickpocket, false prophet, I'll snatch off your locket. Rip a hat off your head, wear it like Davy Crockett. <laughs> Can't catch up to me because I'm fast as a rocket. What else can I steal from you? What's next on the docket? Oh wow. wow, that was fantastic! You know what? You had some you had some Eminem cadence in there. I, liked I mean, it. yeah, there's a little bit of that. Yeah, you know, right? I draw inspiration from where it comes. I'm in no control of this. <laughs> it just but comes I, to you. You guys genius. remember? It was weeks ago. I was excited about this one, and then we decided not to record it. I'm like, oh, okay, I got it, I got it. But I was like thrilled. Was it good? Yeah. Oh my god, it was fantastic. It was mm, great. Rip off your locket, bitches. That's right. Mm. Ta-ta. Bye. I was shocked, you know? They were always such a good team. So successful. But to do something like that... To exceed their budget? While being over budget might not be a crime, it can disrupt workflows. With Monday.com, you and the team can be sure that you're all in sync. All the data, latest updates, files, and budgets are visible to everyone, so you won't miss a thing. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.